Blog Talk Radio. Why, hello there. Welcome to Carl's Cavern. I'll be your server tonight. As you peruse our fine beer and cheese menu, you will be hearing the owner of this fine establishment, Mr. Carl Kafer, as he gives you his wisdom and thought on whatever subject strikes him as important during the moment. So please, order your cheese and get ready for some enlightening conversation. Thank you very much for coming to Carl's Cavern. And always remember, cheese is the way of life. And here Not he so is, open. coming up on the stage right now, the one, the only, our host, Carl Gabriel! Yay! Yes, I'm here, people. I'm here, and thank you for that wonderful uh, introduction. Uh, so, Stephen, I appreciate it. Uh, so, Stephen and I decided to do this uh, in, in deference to, first off, of course, uh, Al Jaffe, who ni- at 99 years old uh, retired from Mad Magazine, but also just basically we're going to do a show about Mad Magazine because it is such a great magazine, and this is the last issue uh, that they will uh, put out of original material. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Feel free to give us a call in. Uh, the number is uh, 646-668-2434. And Stephen, so what are your thoughts on Mad Magazine? Well, the first question is, is do you... I'll answer first. Do you think they made the right call in shutting down Mad Magazine when the last of uh, the original crew, Al Jaffe, retired? And yeah. Well, you know what i I understand it. Okay, I I'm very sad that it's happened, but I understand it. Without a doubt, I understand it. So, yeah, I know, mean, I, I guess I'm okay with it. You know, I'm sad. I mean, this was such a part of my growing up. And, and I'll talk a little bit about their type of humor a little later and how it affected me. But but being a kid and getting those magazines, and I'm, I had a subscription in the 60s and early 70s, uh, and, and that was maybe right before their hype, but, man, they were wonderful. I mean, I remember so much of that magazine from their 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 cut-ups of, of films, Spy versus Spy, Don Martin and his odd little words he would make up, everything. Just wonderful. And I have the official Hot Wheels uh, Don Martin van. <laughs> nice. It so has here's a question guy, for you. What? Go ahead. Go ahead. It has the guy getting his eye, poked in his eyes with a spoink sound effect. <laughs> okay. So what here's – here, here's some trivia for you. What Don Martin word did Frank Zappa steal 
as an epithet for fuck. Phone bone. No, no, no. Pluke. Pluke. Yeah. Oh, Pluke. Yeah, that's where you got Pluke. In a couple of uh, uh, lyrics. And, and, and later, and it's uh, uh, someone asked him about it, and he absolutely uh, attributed it to Don Martin and Band Magazine. So that's yeah. very cool. Let's see, phone bone, sploink, gorzoinkle. <laughs> there are That's actual words in the, in the Oxford Dictionary, people. Look it up. <laughs> Absolutely, they are. And what? And I and I said a German word that he popularized over here. Okay, which was? Gesundheit. Yes. <laughs> well, he loved he loved the sound of words. And odd words, and 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 that's a wonderful thing, and 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 I really, really did appreciate that very very much. Um, just God, I I can't really say enough about how Mad Magazine affected me. <coughs> it's called sinuses. Anyway, anyway, but. Uh, when I was when I was growing up, I, I had a tendency, I was thinking about this today. You know, there's a type of humor that I like to call adult silliness. And what that really is, is if you take a look at, at, uh, at different eras of people and, and, and films that uh, uh, humor people that I liked, such as... Uh, you know the uh, Marx Brothers. Then you go. Then 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 I went into things like, you know, Groucho Marx on his own. Your show shows, and you go into uh, um, Jay Ward and Rocky and Bullwinkle, and you go into Mad Magazine. You know these are silly, and maybe silly isn't the right word, but they are humor that 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 that. That that is aimed at adults, but kids can appreciate to a certain degree, and basically pawned off as 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 family entertainment. Though in all those cases, it's not. You know, they're they're much more uh, um, satirical than than first thought, uh, and just great. I mean, seriously, great great material. Um. Yeah, from the usual cast of idiots. Yep. That's how they were all. If you look in every Mad magazine, when it says writer and artist credits, that's what is said in every issue. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, and there's this self-deprecation that they did too. You know, they they didn't take themselves seriously, but man. When you go right down to it, though, they are, they're so talented um, as far as, uh, 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 you know, you take a look at Al Jaffe, who just uh, uh, retired at the age of 99. Now, do you think you're going to retire at the age of 99? We're going to be long fucking gone before that, you know. I don't know if Seriously. there's some people that will still be pissed off and angry that I'm still alive. I'll do my damnedest to stay here. 
Yeah. Well, but yeah, I, I mean, could make a comment, but I'm not going to. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the man. We got to go back to the mad genius himself, William F. Gaines, who was uh, publishing comics for adults, more specifically. Soldiers that had come back in the field that were hooked on the pulp magazines. Mm-hmm. Amazing fantasy, war, amazing war tales. They got stuff like that. Yeah. So he created his own series of pulp comic books, entertaining comics. Right. Or EC comics. And of course, everyone knows. Uh, Vault of Horror, Crypt of Terror, Tales from the Vault of Horror, Tales from the Crypt, uh, The Witches. I forget what was the third one. I I I I don't know. I I I know it was Vault of Horror and he's and and, and um, Witches Cauldron, I think. Yeah. Okay. That one's never got reprinted that much. But what most people don't know are. Crime suspense stories, blazing action, science fiction. Yeah. Amazing sci-fi and fiction. I mean, he did it all. He did. He did. Great pulpy, and they were serious, too. Like, what comic book was the first one to adapt Harlan Ellison's story? An EC comic. Um, Ray Bradbury? An EC comic. Yep. Seriously. But then, Ernest Kefalver, or whatever the hell that son of a bitch's name is, thought... That comics were just for kids. Yeah. And Marvel and DC, in one of their scummiest, or is it their scummiest moves? Okay. If you, they called it the comics code. You know what I call it? Um. You uh, tell me. The fuck William Gaines code. Yeah. Well, seriously. Every rule was meant to fuck everything that William Gaines was doing because he was the biggest comics producer in the fucking world. Yep. Before this came down. Well, you know, it's... We we take a look at at um, codes of conduct from from that era and so on and so forth. You take a look at the Hayes Code and what they tried to do and so on and so forth. I mean, it took a long time to to subvert the Comics Code, and of course they never really did. They just you know went with more of an adult and an R rated when they came out with Vertigo and that. But there's no question you're absolutely right in terms of that the code that came down the comic book code was specifically to screw games. No question about it. He's talked about that. Um, yeah. I'll get into that a little 
later because I had a conversation with him and listened to a show that he was on. Do you remember what that horrible, perverted, disgusting image that broke the straw in the camel's back that caused the comics code to ban a whole issue of a William Gaines comic? And when he said, screw it, I'm out of publishing comics, was? Well, it, it was a black soldier, wasn't it? A black astronaut in outer space with sweat in his face. They said oh, okay. the sweat so, in his okay. face looked perverted. Yep. Yeah, terrible. A lot of were offended that he would actually have a black astronaut. Yep. So he shut down every one of his magazines except for this bizarre little humor magazine that was making fun of comics and the newspaper uh, uh, things. And it was Tales to Drive You. God, what was that last word? I keep forgetting. I know it was called Tales to Drive You. I think it might be mad. Yes, Tales to Drive You Mad. And then when he went in the magazine, he just took out the tails to drive you. Uh-huh. Yep. And that's how we got our beloved Mad Magazine. And if you look at any of the old footage, you'll see that William F. Gaines was a Typical middle-class, buzz-cut, clean-shaven, what you would call a middle-class guy. Yep. But what happened once he left uh, the Comics Code and started publishing Matt as a non-Comics Code magazine, Carl? Well, basically, you know, when he said, fuck you, something must have... uh, uh, flipped in his brain, and he became very much counterculture. I mean, you can't see a later picture of him without the shock of white hair, like he put his finger in an electrical socket. Like an old And he had long hair, a big old hip... He had the long hippie hair, the hippie beard and mustache before the hippies. Yeah. And it wasn't the clean type of beard that the, that the uh, uh, beatniks would do. No, no, no. That wasn't it. Not, not for gains. And so, of course, Bill Gaines, what he did was he, somehow, because of what he did, certain artists were drawn to him. And, and, and basically, as Mad Magazine pulled itself together into what we remember in the 60s and 70s and 80s, uh, particularly. Uh, you had artists that would come in and work with him for years and years and years. Harry, the first uh, group was, the biggest ones of the first group was Harry Kurtzman and Wally Wood. Yep. So tell us a little bit about them, Stephen. Well, Harry Kurtzman was, and Wally Wood, Harry Kurtzman came from the British version of Mad, which came out first, which was sick. 
Okay. Which itself was a a spinoff of Punch magazine. And Punch, of course, is is the premier British magazine that goes back uh, way in the early early 1900s, even before yeah. that, I think. Yeah. And before he became uh, Wally Wood and Cypher Mad, he was Wallace Woods, and what was he doing then as Wallace Woods? I have no idea. Tell me. Lingerie pinup drawings. Ooh. Uh, yeah, he didn't give a damn. Nope. And there is nope. a big, bizarre difference in looking at a Wally Wood cartoon and a car. Wally Wood's cartoons was like, uh, what was his name that did the gauntlet poster? Jack. Oh, Jack Davis. Yeah, he like putting like millions of gags in his, except that Wally Woods is just completely crowded himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Kurtzman moved on because he wanted to do more adult comics, so he started Little Annie Fanny and Playboy. And a spy comic, which name eludes me right now. I'm not sure what spy comic you're talking about. Yeah, it was James Bond comic. I've seen collections before. Wow. But Kurtzman left because he was supposed to get the EIC job up mad, but Gaines at the last second decided not to give it to him, so he said, oh, fuck you, and left. Yeah. No, that happens. I mean, let's face it. William Gaines definitely said, you know, fuck you to certain people over the years. Yeah. He he made some enemies. There's no question. Yeah. The first daring thing that he did is uh, there was this guy who was a political dissident who, if he hadn't left Cuba, his ass would have been in prison. Mm -hmm. So he escaped Cuba in the middle of the night and ended up at at Gaines' office and said, I would like to draw comics for you. He's like, good. He's like, don't you want a sample? He's like, I've been reading your stuff in the Cuban, Cuban papers. It's hilarious. And so that's where we got Sergio Argonas. No, Antonio Projas. Oh, that's Projas. Okay, sorry. Yeah, and the comic that he got in trouble for was Spy versus Spy. Okay, okay, so it's so it's Projas who did. Okay, never mind. I got screwed. Yeah, up. Projas did Spy versus Spy. I love Spy versus Spy. That was one of my favorite things. Whenever I got the magazine, I think the first thing I would do would would find the spy versus spy, and then the second thing I would do would be the fold-in, which we'll get into a little later. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. During the 60s, if you remember, there was a third spy, too. That Yeah, there was. I don't remember too much about it. Of course, I... Uh, 
the ones we remember mostly are the ones, you know, the black spy and the white spy. But, yeah, but the third one was a woman the, with big, was a beautiful, voluptuous woman with uh, Ray who had always put the hoodoo on both the black and the white. Oh, yeah, I remember that now, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And Prohas always bordered his cartoons with uh, Morse code, which attracted the attention of one J. Edgar Hoover, who thought he was smuggling uh, information into Cuba. And they they went took went to their big the best Morse code guy, and he just interpreted the first two words on there. He's like, "Oh, he's okay." What do you mean it's okay? You just looked at two words. Yeah. What are they? Fuck Castro. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're okay with that. <laughs> yeah. It was full of uh, mostly anti-Castro sentiment and letters to his family back home in Cuba telling how his life is. Yep. Yeah, you know, and and this is what when I was talking about adult silly humor. If you take a look at those those spy versus spy, they're all silly. They've got gags in them and so on and so forth. And yet the point comes across that all of this is useless. It doesn't mean anything. And that comes through script, you know, after uh, after strip after strip. And and this is what I'm talking about about smart adult silliness. And this is what Mad Magazine absolutely was a king of. There's no other um, uh, magazine, humor magazine, that came close. None of them. And they touched every little thing. And I did this as a surprise to Carl, but I got – they put out, like, albums, uh, little mini-discs, and I picked the – Three songs. Well, three songs that I got done before the show. Here is the first song, and Carl Push, uh, Mad Magazine Part 2. And this one, I'll say, is this one is from Mad Twist Rock and Roll. Okay, here we go. Although she isn't much to look at And though she isn't very bright I love her, I love her Oh boy, how I love her Cause she lets me watch her mom and pop fight To see a laugh go through a window And watch him kick and scratch and bite I love her, I love her Oh boy, how I love her Cause she lets me watch her mom and pop fight At Friday night it's something wonderful to see when a pop comes home and only half is checked. We said a candy bar and watch World War III. It's got neck and feet to heck. I'm gonna make that camera steady because they're at it every night. I love her, I love her, oh boy, how I love her. Cause she let me watch her mom and pop fight. 
Spike Jones, and then of course Ernie Kovacs too. And you know, about and spousal abuse. And, and it's about spousal abuse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe it wouldn't go too well in, in today's you know culture, but you don't know, fuck that, man. Seriously. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Yeah, there you That's go. another thing that uh, Gaines like to do. Is he like to shock with the truth. Like all yeah, that stuff that they used to do, like uh, they would show you the ads and they'd show you the truth. Yep. It would be like Milky Way bar, now 50% larger and then you look down, Milky Way bar, now with 50% more air. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what they did. They 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 were extremely good at the pinprick, right? You know, the, the pomposity you see in that and the advertising that. Boom, destroy that one. Boom, destroy that one. With, with one phrase. One little phrase. And boom, it's destroyed. And he was, they were all good at that. And your dad probably read them with you, didn't he? No, absolutely not. <laughs> no, around no, here, he was we way passed too them all around. My dad and my mom would read them all. My dad loved the, the silly stuff, Spy versus Spy, and my mom was a Dave Bird person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah. My parents were way too serious, and to them, they considered mag magazines, you know, just kid stuff, and it was stupid, right? Well, this is the whole thing about it. It wasn't stupid, and so, in many ways, games by de- developing and designing Mad Magazine as it was, it went under the radar of so many parents that that it really brought up a whole generation. Of I won't say disaffected, but certainly uh, 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 cynical youth, and I think it really did. I think it it, it added to the uh, uh, '60s hippie 
uh, uh, revolution. So you look at the 60s, he's just as nasty toward them as he is anybody else. Yeah, and Dave Berg with his stuff was pricking at the middle class before John Updike was doing with his rabbit books. Yeah. You know, the the whole thing about uh, 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 quiet suburbia. And, and the thing is, they would they would uh, sensationalize it a bit, you know, not and, and overblow it a bit, but just enough, but still make the point very much yeah. that this was a false narrative. One of my favorites as a kid, it showed him talking to his son, who was a hippie during the seventies, and then he'd be like. Man, all you guys do is screw us and the younger generation over. And he's like, yes, I know. Us older people always stick it to the younger generation. But you know what your job is going to be to to do when you get older? What, Dad? To stick it to the younger generation. And then it shows them with all people grins on their faces. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, how, you know, subversive was that ma- magazine? You know, I mean, we, we talk about, let's get into this a little bit. We talk about National Lampoon. And National Lampoon was for an older audience and so on and so forth, su- supposedly, quote. But you know what? I think Mad Magazine on 95% of the time destroyed National Lampoon. Like uh, they had, they did a parody of Clockwork Orange, and you know the statue scene with the penis, right? They drew Mal- Malcolm McDowell with an elephant in front of his crotch. An elephant head. <laughs> He's like, "What the yep. hell have you got that for?" He said, "That's as close as the damn censors will let us get to that scene in this magazine and let it pass." <laughs> <laughs> Well, their their movie their movie uh, 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 takeoffs were just legendary, fucking legendary. You know the one on two uh, on on on. Well, you were talking about Clockwork Orange, but the one on on two thousand one, I remember that vividly, and it was like every other thing like. We have no idea what this means. Move on. I don't. I don't understand it either. I don't Move know. on. You know. Yeah. I door. What, Stephen? I didn't. But yeah. And they also okay, so did I was one on the about... good. And they also did one on the long goodbye. And guess what? One of the panel said. What? Robert Altman paid us five dollars to make fun of the magazine to save his bomb of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, you know that's a very famous story where Jack Davis came in. That the advertising uh, uh, they put it out in L.A. first was a much more noir type of advertising with with the smoking gun, and and uh, Altman just railed against it and it died in LA so when they opened it up in New York 
he insisted to, to work on the uh, on, on the PR, and he got Jack Davis from Mad Magazine to do that very famous poster, and and it just killed in New York. Just did bang up business because of that poster. Yeah, I mean, in the seventies, you weren't a big movie unless you got. Uh, you got the treatment by, from Mad uh, Magazine. Mad Magazine. Their Bonnie and Clyde one even had a gag at the very end, but they said, "Oh no!" And she went, "What's wrong, honey? The cops outside?" No, Mad Magazine said it wouldn't parody us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're you know all these things. And think of this, too. All what we're talking about isn't just throughout the magazine. It's within one issue. So each issue has five versus five, had a movie or TV takeoff, had all these things. Now, what what other parts of the magazine? You know, we were talking about Al Jaffe. What did Al Jaffe do since he just retired at 99 years old? What did Al Jaffe do? He got paid for yeah. doing nothing every day and then acting like he was an artist. <laughs> Who said that? Your mama. <laughs> and that is a reference to one of the greatest things ever if you're a smart ass. Snappy questions to snappy answers to stupid questions. Right. I've seen this video on YouTube today where they had an interview with him. He said, how did he create that? He said he was uh, up on the roof of his house, climbing up there, trying to uh, fix the antenna. You know how that is. The wind come blowing and the antenna get bent. Oh, yeah. And he said he felt someone climbing up the ladder. And he was up there terrified that he was going to fall off and kill himself. And then he felt someone climbing up, and he heard his son. Hey, Dad, where's Mom? And he said, I looked, I said to him, she's dead, and I'm going to shove her down the chimney. Leave me alone. (laughs) Yeah, from there, he started that. I mean, yeah, I always loved that. It was always like one stupid question with like four smart-ass answers. Yep. Now, now, what else did did Al Jaffe do? Because there's something that I loved every issue. Oh, the fold-in. He even got a museum issue of uh, fold-in. And I'm going to quote George Carlin on this. If If you got a used issue of Mad Magazine and the fold in wasn't in the magazine was in pristine condition. You bought it from a stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the first two things I would do, and I said this earlier, was look for spy versus spy, and then do the fold in. So, the fold in was basically a reaction to uh, you know, like Playboy, and and that the fold out. Or you'd get the, the so so it was a fold in and you think about it. So there's this piece, there's this drawing on the back cover. And you and fold very it in elaborate. And 
drawing. And then something else shows up. You know, like like what are the ones like uh, what species of animal will survive the nuclear holocaust? Right? Yeah. And this was during the 60s. I think this was during like uh, uh, 63. The, and so you fold it in and what do you see? You know what you see? Nothing. Mickey Mouse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, think about that. And think also how, you know, you talk about copyright. You know, I'm surprised Disney didn't go after them because that's that's pretty fucking brutal. Uh, I remember another one where, 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 you know, it's like here we are at uh, – at a meeting for the appreciation of our readers, right? And it's like this, this you know, they're all up on the... So you fold it in, what what do you get when you do the fold in? What? A raspberry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I heard the original version was uh, William Gaines flipping the bird, but they decided not <laughs> to go with it. <laughs> You know, I mean, I mean, the humor was was a little less was less salacious than something like in Playboy, uh, um, but I think in a lot of ways it was much more satirical, and and, and in they many led, ways much more dangerous. They were always at the head of the pack during the best. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the, the the I mean, just the. The humor in that magazine was just top notch. Well, like uh, there was this Dave Berg one. It was just two okay. panels, and it showed him with his evil face in a mat in uh, his garage reading an issue of Mad Magazine. Right. And it said, "My son's too stupid to understand this." And then it cut <laughs> to his son in his room. And he's reading right. the issue of Mad Magazine. Mm-hmm. And he says, my dad is too stupid to understand, <laughs> to understand. this. <laughs> yep. Uh, that's what I love about They would always do that, bring up the generation gap and stuff. Oh, well, that that, that was the whole point. That's one of the things that, that if you bring up the generation gap, you are targeting both demographics okay you're targeting both demographics especially yeah. if you treat them equally like like in that particular two panel joke mm-hmm. and so you know that's why this magazine was passed around as as you said yeah. you know and, and and got such a readership i mean by the 70s it it was it was like in almost every Freaking household, if not by subscription, then you'd see it on, a, on, on uh, at the newsstand all the time, yeah. and, and they'd sell like hotcakes. And that's not true in the 80s and 90s, and they did go through a down period. But at its peak, man, it was a great magazine. And, and even in its later years, it was really good, too. One of my favorite ones that you would love, Carl, and I wish they'd made a t-shirt of, is uh, him and Dave Berg and his son driving. 
Mm-hmm. And his son looks at him and he said, Dad, did you guys smoke weed back in your day? He looks at him and he goes, no, son, we smoke reefer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and again, anti-establishment. You know, there was a definite, definite streak of anti-establishment all throughout that that magazine. And to me, that's the type of humor I truly appreciate. It's a great thing. I mean, I'm, I, I feel sad that this is the last issue. This particular issue that's coming out is all in praise of Al Jaffe. Uh, so what? what's your thoughts on Al Jaffe? Oh, I've uh, always and, and loved him. I mean, he, even when he was in the back, he's always uh, had that goofy grin on his face. And then you look at a real picture of him, and you're like, holy crap, he did have that goofy grin. <laughs> My favorite bits of him is this one that shows uh, uh, a lifetime of rec- it's about a lifetime of recycling. It shows him in the crib as a baby. And then it shows him as a kid, each stage of his life. And it shows him keep repurposing uh, the, his uh, baby carriage. And then at the end of his life, it shows him as his wrinkled old man in a baby carriage in a nursing home. And then it shows he made a tombstone out of it. <laughs> nice. Or the nice. one where he showed, like, uh, where he did, you remember the one he did on Pooper Scoopers? No, I don't. And he replaced the poop with uh, link sausages. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. So, tell me, what what do we got here as far as uh, other songs that we're going to play? Oh, here's something odd. They called it, no, in the mid-60s, they did an off-Broadway musical. They did. You it told me that earlier today. I had to check it out. Okay. So tell us about this song that we're going to do. Oh, you'll just have to listen to it. All I will say is this song was recorded and made in 1966. And this song is the social social justice warrior anthem so go ahead and play it okay here we go Matt 3 come on
we can hardly wait. We're gonna stamp out hate. We're gonna stamp out hate. Sock it in the eye, shoot it in the stomach, yelling, die, die, die. We'll pull its insides out and look at what it ate. We're gonna stamp out Oh, 
Well, listen, if if I go to hell and they're there, then I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah. Seriously. And uh, about this time, around 67 and 70, there was this uh, underground artist that uh, Bill Gaines, Will Gaines, seen some of his stuff, and he hired him to work for him. And one day when he couldn't finish a comic, he did all these little doodles all around uh, the pages he was working on. And Bill Gaines liked the little doodles more than he did the article. Okay. And so that he, his biggest save in Mac Magazine is probably the little doodles he drove around all the articles. Did you ever do that? Look for all of the tiny Sergio Argonas cartoons? That were hidden on each page. I mean, I never noticed them until much, much later. Until much, much later. It was during college that I pulled out some of them, and and we were stoned. It's like I'm looking at it, and, of course, if you're stoned, you just look at things forever. And like, holy shit. What fuck? There's shit there. (laughs) I've never seen that before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, he, Mad Magazine, was the first one to hire Sergio Argonez on the mainstream. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's one of the few underground that made it into a mainstream magazine during that time period. A lot of the underground people that became famous, like Crum and that, uh, never did, or they went on to do their own graphic novels or things like that. But Argonis found more fame through Mad Magazine than anything he had done previously. Yeah. Well, if you remember, uh, Gaines did ask Crum to do some work for Mad, to do a piece for Mad Magazine. And Crum wouldn't do it. Yeah, uh, they even did an ad around there. He said, this is how prestigious Mad Magazine is. We asked famous underground artist R. Crumb to do a mag- to do write, do an article for us, and this was his loving response. And it said, dear Mr. Gaines and the usual cast of idiots, fuck you. Yours truly, <laughs> R. Robert Crumb. <laughs> well, they didn't. They, they didn't say fuck in the magazine. They just yeah, they just blacked out the U. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I want to get into a little. You know, we talked about it a little bit, but I want to talk about. The differences between Mad Magazine and, and, and National Lampoon. What do you think? Why why do we think that Mad Magazine is a better magazine, humor magazine? Or what was it, you know, that made National Lampoon big during its period of time? National Lampoon because it had 
some of the best freaking writers out there at its time. It had uh, uh, John Hughes. If you hate anything John Hughes did, read John Hughes's article from National Lampoon, My Vacation from Hell, which National Lampoon's vacation was based on. That is some of the best comic writing ever. Mm-hmm. And a hell of so a that, lot that better is than any of the vacation movies. Yeah, well, well, that's one thing that National Lampoon was much more text-driven. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to to a comic-driven magazine. Um, I also think that it. it, it Probably like much more into drug culture. And, yeah, it was definitely underground. It, you know, which which you know has, it had its good tits. points and bad points. And it had tits, absolutely. It had tits, which of course uh, uh, they didn't. Um, Matt did not. But I think I think in many ways, for me now, thinking in the sixties, I've you know. Eight, nine, ten, eleven years old, right? And and to me, so so National Lampoon is for an older audience. But even as I was able to read Lampoon, <coughs> I preferred Mad because it was much sharper and quicker and to the point. And because of that, it would it would get more coverage for me. You know, talking about film, talking about the generation gap, talking about what they did on drugs, you know, particularly in the 70s, so on and so forth. It was just little points of reference and keep moving, keep moving, and and, and not a lollygag on, on one particular article that could go on too long or things like that. That's that's why I think Matt is a better magazine. You remember that article that Mad Magazine did once, and it was like uh, the truth about albums, and it had like... Uh, 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 like uh, the best of bread on the cover, you know, and it says ingredients, whiny, b- bitchiness, you know, everything that we hated about the album. Oh, absolutely. They would, you know, that's one thing we have not talked about. You know, we've listened to two songs, but their critique of modern music was just as savage as what they would do with film. <coughs> Seriously. And what album do you think they had that came out in about 1968? You know better than I do. And it would be like, warning, this this album will make you think and will put scary thoughts in your head that parents don't want you to think about. Uh, might you be talking about... Uh... Uh, Zappa, perhaps? Yes, Freak Out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's what Mad Magazine put next to it. It said, warning, this will make you see scary thoughts that your parents don't want you to think about. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, that that is something I would have put on the fucking album if I were Frank. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, Frank, the smart people always loved Mad during its peak. 
Well, you know, it's like I said before with Don Martin. And we haven't talked about Don yet. We've never talked about Don. But Don, you know, the words that he would come up with. And Zappa loved words, loved weird words. And so when he read the word pluke, he thought, well, that's the perfect epithet for fuck. So, you know, I'm going to pluke you. And and, and loved the words. And, and, and years later, you know, confessed or not really confessed, but basically said that that uh, uh, Don Martin and, and his work in Mad was definitely an influence on him and, and the choice of words and his lyrics and things like that that he would use. And it cracked me up in Joe's garage, and he, Joe's garage said, "Oh, those guys fluke the fuck out of me." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, Don Martin always had the big goofy guys. Uh, yeah, and the big names too. Yeah, yeah. Phone Bone. You can't think of Don Martin without thinking of Mr. Phone Bone. Well, here, hold on. I'm I'm, I'm looking something up here. Uh, Don Martin words. Hold on. Okay, so let's see what I come up with here. Okay. Okay, brust, baby blowing spit bubbles. Brinked, telephone ringing. And and they have uh, sound effects. Uh, okay, so alphabetical order. You know, frack, sprung. Ding. Just just wonderful shit. Boing boing. You know, uh, just just wonderful stuff. And and, and uh, here we go. Maybe I'll have it here. Oh my god, I can't. But but yeah. Bark bark. Zist. Blam. Uh, Blake Bob, Brock, Brock, Shrop, Lop, Lop, Gurk, Brock, Grot, Blobble, Slop, Slap, Lap, Blah, Gurk, Swabble, Blap, Swabble, Blapple. Believe me, <laughs> that is too prominent. Boink? Boink? <laughs> no, no, no. Did you hear that? So that whole thing is yeah. one thing. It's the bulimia meeting attendees vomiting. <laughs> okay, that's beautiful. That's fucking beautiful. There is, by the way, there is, uh, uh, it's called madcoversite.com, where you can go for a uh, uh, alphabetical listing of Don Martin's words. Okay? So, let's see. Okay. Chick, chick, chakung, bring! Man's eyes being poked like a cash register's keys and jaw popping open like a till door. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Don Martin, I always love... 
My favorite Don Martin is all of a sudden this guy is uh, walking sad. Then all of a sudden the water starts falling everywhere. And he goes, I'm singing in the rain. Just singing <laughs> in the rain. And then it shows, then you turn the page and the cartoon pulled out. And above that it says, World's Distance Spitting Contest. <laughs> There's 50 people spitting off a roof. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Dave Berg, uh, Sergio Jonas, Prohas. And you know, there wasn't a single word in Spy vs. Spy, but we loved every bit of it. We got the jokes. Oh, yeah. You know, again, it's the economy of the the, the humor. But they <sighs> did it visually. They did it quickly and very efficiently. They would move on. And that 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 is why Mad Magazine is a treasure and why we're all going to miss Mad Magazine. You know, again, this particular episode, this um, uh, issue that's coming out, is the last issue of, of uh, original material that they'll ever put out. And I think they were actually waiting for Jaffe to retire to do this. Yeah. Um, I think the first one to retire, the original crew, besides the ones that left, was uh, Dave Berg. Yeah. I think from about 86 on, they were using uh, repeats. Yeah, that could be. That but he be. was the old man of the group even when he started. Mhm. But you know, we 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 talk about Mad Magazine's influence, and wasn't there? Well, of course there was. There was a movie that they came out with in 1982. No, they didn't. And well, they didn't. It had no, their didn't. name on it, but. Nope, okay, nope. well, go ahead. Explain. Look, look Explain. up on DVD. The, there's no Mad Magazine involvement in that movie. Well, they certainly said it was at the time. You know, oh, and of course, Mad Magazine. It was great. Uh, a satirical comedy about about private school life, directed by Willie, directed by uh, Robert Downey. And mm-hmm. produced by William Gaines. Mm-hmm. You can imagine how how good that could be, and then the releasing company, I think it was Universal, Warner. basically stepped in and fucked it. Oh, it was Warner Brothers, okay? Stepped in and fucked it up royally. Turned it to another uh, teen comedy. Yeah, instead of the real brutal little thing that they had in mind. And so I was in New York City at the time. Um, my first stint in New York City. I was uh, living in uh, in Brooklyn. And WBAI, which was the Pacifica station, very, very left-wing station, radio station, had a two-hour interview with William Gaines, which I listened to all. Of it, and uh, then during this, I called in and I asked him specifically 
about you know uh, their uh, involvement and 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 up the academy and what the hell went wrong. And basically, now remember this is radio in the eighties. William Gaines said, "Yeah, basically said." Well, it didn't basically said he said that the studio fucked us royally. We took it up the ass with their dick. Yeah. That's exactly you, what, you what his pitch idea for it was, which would have made a brilliant movie. Okay, so tell him. Tell him. With the capitations. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. Yeah, at the end of the movie, they were going to take all of the evil teachers and the males and decapitate them. There was going to be more gay rape in it. (laughs) You know. Yeah. And they ended up, and they were supposed to trap Barbara Bach's character and the ammo room, which got her all uh, frustrated, and they all had a turn with her. <laughs> I don't know if they went that far, but but they were supposed yeah, to go the pretty far. Went that far. William Gaines is like, yeah, I want to do that. You know, this is William Gaines we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, of course, I talked to him over the phone about this. Uh-huh. And, and, and he didn't say exactly how far they were going to go, but he said it was supposed to be a lot nastier, a lot more. And he basically said he couldn't say much because, you know, they they were in, uh, they were suing him at the time. They were suing Warren Brothers over this. And and luckily they did get their name excised from the film because it's not what they wanted to do. You know, it's not anything. That's a shame because I. I think it could have been really funny. And they had a good cast with that, too. They Ron Liebman was in that. Barbara Bach. See, who else was in that film? Tom Poston. Tom Poston was in there? And you boys want to be taking off your underwear? <laughs> yep. Lieberman is still great in it. I know he's embarrassed of it, but he's still fucking great. Oh, he's he's great. Do it again. What do you mean? Do it again. And of course, my favorite line for him: Do you like to be tied up? What? Like with rope? You know, bondage. <laughs> yep. Well, I tell you, a couple people. Uh, people forget it was Ralph Macchio's first film, I think. Uh-huh. And, and also, who else was in there? Antonio Fargus. Yeah. <laughs> Ralph Macchio tells a story about he walked on the set and he said there was this long-haired guy going, Goddamn motherfucking piece of fucking shit, goddamn cocksuckers. Oh, hi, you must be Ralph. I'm William Gaines. I do Publish Mad Magazine. Hi, I'm glad to have you on the movie. Turned his back. <laughs> All the fucking pieces I got there. Mm-hmm. 
you gotta love William Gates. Seriously, well, you gotta love him. I forget who said it. If this guy was delivering a package to uh, to Mad Magazine, he was supposed to deliver it okay. to the editor in chief, and he walked in. He said, "I walked in, and there was this long hair guy working there." And I said, "Is William Elf Gaines there?" He's like, oh, he's gone. That son of a bitch is never in the office, the lazy motherfucker. All he does is collect money off of us. Just leave it here. I'll make sure the son of a bitch gets it. Lazy piece of shit. <laughs> and then three years later, guess who he realized who he met? <laughs> William Gaines. Gaines, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a wonderful thing. Yep. Uh, yeah, in the mid-80s, it's when, uh, well, uh, Don Martin retired. Or did he, re- yeah, he retired in the 80s, didn't he? Yep. Uh, Don Martin retired. Uh, Sergio Gones left to do uh, Grew the Wanderer. Uh, Jack Davis uh, realized he made more money off movie posters. Yep. Only one that stuck around was Al Jaffe because he loved his uh, fold-ins and stuff. Wouldn't you love... Owen, let's just say this together. Fuck you, Tracy. Come on, one... I'll tell you why in your briefly. Just say it with me in three. One, two, three. Say it, Carl. Fuck, Fuck you, Tracy. Okay. She was at a convention five years ago, and Jaffe was there, and she didn't say a word to him. Oh, God. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I would have been... I. I would have been like a fanboy. Mr. Jaffe, sir. (laughs) No, you and me both. Yeah. Yep. Al Jaffe is in the Guinness World Book of Records. Okay. Well, well, absolutely. I mean, you know, I don't know what he's in there for specifically, but think about this. Seven decades of publication. You just said it. Longest Seven working decades. cartoonist ever. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I don't want to touch it anymore. It's like, okay, he's it. No one's going to even touch it. Matt. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a he's, beautiful thing. He's had art thing. museum exhibits. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. A wonderful, wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, artist. And, and, and again, everybody involved, you know, up until well into the 80s, just, just, just tremendous. The other thing I should mention, too, being a kid in the 60s, and God knows I wish I still had these. They used to come out with the quarter paperbacks. They would cost a quarter, 25 cents. And so you'd get the Don Martin book. 
Yeah, uh, you get the Don Martins all together. You get, you know, and 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 you get the Jack Davises and all those, or the movie, the movie uh, takeoffs, and they were wonderful. I had so many of those. I'd get a quarter for my uh, allowance and um, go down to the local Woolworths or something like that, five and done, and and get one or two of them. It was wonderful. Those are Woolworths exclusives. Yeah. My grandmother used to you know, give me three other, of them every Christmas. And the other thing about it, too, is think about it. You know, how, you know, William Gaines was really successful. I mean, here he's given this, this whole thing about the Cox Code to drive him out of business. And what does he do? He takes the one magazine that he had and makes it into this behemoth of a humor magazine and basically gives a middle finger to everybody. How fucking And they all jumped on the bandwagon. Yep, they all tried. Not, okay, here we go. We're going into the death of Sludge now. We're not talking National Lampoon, which was the best of the Mad Magazine ripoffs. Yeah, in many ways, I wouldn't call it a Mad Magazine ripoff. Uh, it was a humor magazine that was aimed a little higher uh, uh, in age group. You're but right. it wasn't a Pope ripoff. Mad like, Magazine, like, National Lampoon. We're like mad without being funny. Right. There you go. So which ones are there? Uh, we got the one that Marvel put out, Crazy. And we yep. got no. Cracked. Cracked, I've seen some issues up. They're not horrible, horrible, but they're not nearly as good as Matt. They're more mainstream than Matt. They don't have Matt's bite. Cracks, Matt's bite. No, they do. Exactly. That's what they're missing. You're absolutely right about that. What there was hilarious, the funniest one they ever did, they used to do these things like photos of the old monster movies and stuff. Right. And the funniest one was in the late 70s, and it showed uh, Frankenstein bursting, you know, that the picture of Frankenstein walking into a room with his arms out. Right. And the caption read, where are the white women at? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. I can yeah. work with that. It was cracked, crazy, uh, you know, just all in trying to be sick. Yep. Uh, trying to jump on the band uh, again. And... That Playboy did. I forget its title. It was uh, Jack Davis trying to create a. Competitor to Mad because he's pissed off that they wouldn't let him become the editor of Mad. Mm-hmm. From what I heard, it no, was good. Thing, it just didn't last that long. Well, you know the thing is, you've got all these people jumping on the bandwagon trying to take take Mad's uh, readership away from them, and uh, it was too much on one side of the boat, and so many of them fell under after a year or two. Is that? Yeah, and they forgot. It's not 
mad that were the stars and that was the funny. It was usual cast of idiots. Right. If they didn't have Argonis, uh, all the guys that we've mentioned tonight, they wouldn't have had a magazine. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I actually the had the first uh, uh, Don Martin uh, telephone book they put out. Uh, Don Martin rides again. Nice. Yeah, and now that how did it feel when they start putting out hardbacks of the old mad stuff? Nice, nice. The, I mean, it's oh, nice. Exclusive yeah. phone books are worth a lot nowadays because you can't hardly find them. They did an Al Jaffe one, uh, a Sergio Argonez one, uh, my boy Dave Berg, Don Martin. Nice. Nice. Well, yeah. End of an era. But they... But, let's be honest. The era really ended when DC Comics bought them in 92 after uh, William Gaines had retired. Exactly. Unfortunately, but that's very true. Very, very true. And the second death was when they left New York for L.A. You remember how pissed off you... I remember how pissed off you were about that. Oh, I was really pissed off about that. Absolutely. So to all the guys that we mentioned, and definitely Al Jaffe, if anyone knows him, get him in this episode. Because... Oh, fuck it, let's not be, let's screw it, let's not be unabashed. We loved you, we loved every one of you guys, you made us laugh, you taught us what a sense of humor is. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and you know what, uh, that's important, too. that's important, oh, I'm, I'm going to step in here, because for me, I look at the thing, I have a specific type of humor, it's and 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 there were influences all throughout, and I've mentioned most of them during the show. But Mad Magazine, um, the Marx Brothers, uh, Jay Ward, his work with Rocky and Bullwinkle and, and Sherman and Peabody, all those wonderful things with puns, with 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 visual puns, with with jokes that that were visual. They were just a tremendous influence on my humor and, and, and something that I will always treasure. Always treasure Mad Magazine. No question about it. Oh, and to close out before we play the last song, and first I want to do a sales, a sales bill. Thursday, me and uh, Thursday we're doing once Upon a Time in Hollywood with Dave Bradford and hopefully Vicky Love. Please, 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 please. Don't make me go into James Brown mode. I will. And Saturday, me, <laughs> Carl, if you don't screw it up, and Fred are going to be doing Joker. And Sunday is our LGBT 
episode. Oh, that sounds And what good. are you guys doing Friday over at the DL? Down on the DL. Uh, well, on the DL, Adam is going to be talking about the Sopranos. Oh, so his show's just going to end with uh, you going, Don't stop believing. Then fade to no sound at all. No, because because uh, I won't be on the show. That's a joke about the show's ending. No, I know that, but but I won't yeah. be on the show, so it won't be me. Thank you Just for saying. stepping on my joke. But <laughs> you're welcome. I'm glad you. I'm glad to be of service, sir. <laughs> but to close it out before we play the last song, well, I'll describe the last song. They put out this song. It was called the Mad Mystery Record. What was the mystery about it? It was it was a wonderful good day, wonderful, wonderful day. I forget the full title, but it was a wonderful great day. Depending on where you put the needle down when you started the record, you would get one of eight very horrible freaking <laughs> And there's a happy ending, but you won't find that on YouTube because you only had like a one in ninety nine percent chance of even getting the right groove to get that ending. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. And the closed out here is the most brutal bit of satire there is. It was it was in the Mad Magazine parody of Lenny. At the last panel okay. it showed Dustin Hoffman as Lenny up on the cross dressed like Jesus with the thorns. And then it had the girl that played Lenny's, played Honey, look at Bob Fosse who was in that thing. He said, why did Mad Magazine end the article like this? And then it had Fosse look there and all he says is, because it's the truth. (laughs) Yep. Yep. God bless him. God bless him. And here we go. And here is the last uh, I, song, and, well, tell us, Carl. It's your show. Tell us. Good night. Say it. Good night, everyone. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you all for listening, and here we go. It's a great, big, beautiful, wonderful, incredible, super spectacular day. And your heart is humming with good times coming, and you've got that happy feeling things are going your way. All the bells are ringing and a little bird singing while he sits on your windowsill. Saying yes siree, I can surely see it will plainly be most definitely a super spectacular day. Until... About quarter to five, your relations arrive and your Greek cousin Beth with terrible breath and a fat bread of science destroys your high fi and your great uncle Fred who gets drunk in your bed and your third cousin Dick was mentally sick and creepy friend Joe and six more you don't know and your short air and then you shafted again. That it's not just a super spectacular day. Around seven at night, you go out for a bite. The streets all glow from a large UFO. A creature comes out with two heads in the snow. It croaks like a frog and swoops up on your dog. It thinks you are great and wants you for its mate. You're sealed in a cage and go flying in space. And you silently say as the earth fades away that it's not such a super spectacular day. 
you walk out the door of a dry cleaning store and you're grabbed by surprise by three mafia guys who mistakenly think that you're high me to think they break your right arm and do bodily harm and you're rising in pain and you try to explain that your name is Jerome and you're on your way home and you let out a sigh and you're left there to die that it's not such a super spectacular day a quarter past eight, you pick up your blind date and really go ape for a fabulous shape. The girls that you've met, she's the classiest yet and she's pretty and bright and it's love at first sight. And it's really a shame she's not feeling the same because she thinks you're a schmuck and she says lots of luck. And you sob in despair and she gives you the air. But it's not just a super spectacular day. You're cold on in class and you feel like an ass Cause you don't have a clue And you know that it's due to those classes You skipped and your flyers unzipped And your acne has spread to the back of your head And some just express the words that you're some kind of nerd And you fight a hole and you punch for a wall And there isn't a doubt that they're plucking you out uh, That it's not such a super spectacular thing you develop a twitch and a horrible itch And you cover it with spots and you're getting the drug And your feet start to swell and it's easy to tell from this hideous wheeze It's some awful disease So you call an MD and he says, don't ask me If it gets any worse, you can speak to my nurse And you manage to say as you wither away That it's not just a super spectacular day your sister pours gold in her hair and blames you And your neighbor said that you're abusing her cat And you just left the john with the water turned on And the house gets all wet and your mother's upset And you're dying if you knew what your dad's gonna do And your python gets loose and you know it's no use And you cry there in fear and it's now very clear That it's not just a super spectacular day you go out for a spin and the sunroof caves in and the steering wheel shakes so you slam on the brakes and the gears get all stuck as you sideswipe a truck and you run out of gas while you're trying to pass and you're stalled on the tracks and you try to relax but the train's coming through and it's headed for you and you have a quick flash as you break to the ground. That is not just a super spectacular day. <laughs> I'd never heard that before. <laughs> yeah, it was called the Mystery Record, and like I said, you would randomly get one of those endings depending on, like I said, where the needle started on the groove. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> so anyway, good night, everyone. Thank you for listening. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, Stephen, for this, okay? Okay. Good night. Uh, Good night.